Hello everyone and welcome to our show. My name is Alex Poulos from Madkudu and I'm super excited to be hosting today's Mobs Confessions. And I'm even more excited to be hosting my, my friend and, and former colleague, Sam Lee from uh, Dogs and Dropbox. Sam, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be on the show. Yeah, love that. Um, if, a few logistics before we jump in. You can use the um, questions tab if you would like to ask questions. And you can also use the chat uh, tab if you want to chat with us. The idea is to make that interactive, so feel free to share your point of view as we go along what, what we have planned here with Sam. Um, we'd love to hear other ideas, even better conflicting points, points of views. Um, there is no black or white in what we're going to discuss today. Um, so please feel free to participate, ask questions, or, or volunteer your, your own learnings. Um, yeah, let's, let's jump in, Sam. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit, let's start by learning a, a little bit about your career. Uh, how did you find yourself in, in, into MOPS? Yeah. So like a lot of marketing house people, I uh, started out doing very much like general marketing, um, kind of accidentally became good at HubSpot at one of my first jobs uh, at a company called Marantis. And from there, you know, they started building a marketing ops team there after I'd been there for maybe like a year and a half. And uh, my boss at the time said, hey, how would you like to be one of the first members of our marketing ops team? Uh, from there, kind of started specializing on it, uh, oversaw kind of a big first project, obviously, but I oversaw a transition from HubSpot, which we were using to Marketo. So that was where I realized, hey, maybe like all these marketing automation platforms, there's kind of some similarities between them. Um, and yeah, things just kind of escalated from there. Um, I've done a little bit of like sales operations in my time and uh, a bunch of other stuff as well. But obviously, you and I worked together at Docsend. Uh, which was a great experience, kind of built the marketing ops function from the ground up there, uh, obviously working with you and the rest of the team. Um, and yeah, we recently got acquired by Dropbox uh, about a year ago. So it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. Um, congratulations. That's it. That's a super great uh, outcome, I think. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, and and your, your career has a flavor of doing mobs in, in startups for the most part. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, until Dropbox, I've pretty much exclusively worked at startup companies. So. Got it. Got it. That's super. That, I think that's very useful. I think uh, maybe there's a different, you know, flavor of the role if you're in a startup and you're wearing so many different hats versus big, being in a big organization where you have more more specific responsibilities or, or narrower responsibilities, I would say. Yeah, you, you learn a lot in a very short amount of time. That is for sure. That's true. That's everything is most right. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about something that, that you and I have talked a lot, like from my perspective and your perspective when we're at Docs and like what, what is good mobs, what is bad mobs, right? This is what I like to, to call that. If yeah. you were advising a CMO or marketing leadership, you know, how would a CMO know if their, their mobs team, the mobs function is, is good or not? Like how, how can they assess uh, the mobs function, the mobs team, what they're doing or not doing? Yeah. Um, so actually, I think one of the best ways I've ever heard this said is from a, actually a mutual friend of ours who also works at Docsend named Taft, Taft Love. Everyone should check him out. He's a good ops leader as well. Uh, he once told me a really good ops person, which obviously supplies marketing ops, is someone who's going to not just execute whatever task somebody asks them to do. They're going to stop and try to think about, hey, like what is it that we're actually trying to accomplish here? And mm -hmm. then from there, kind of take a step back and say, how does this actually tie into like the different components we've already built, as well as like the rest of the company objectives from there? 
Um, whereas someone who's maybe not as good of a MOPS person will just kind of like get a task, just do it no matter what it is and not really like think about how it kind of can impact other areas. Got it. So, so, so your favorite question then is why we're doing that or, or what are we trying to achieve versus exactly how long you got to be like a little kid and why kind of constantly until you figure out the answer. Got it. Got it. Do, when you're managing up, right, to, to, to a head of growth or a CMO or a marketing leader, how do you communicate that? How do you try to get into the why we're doing something? Because sometimes, like, you know, maybe you're getting specific directives, like do that or do A, do B, and, you know, um, how do you communicate with the CMO? How does that communication go? And what would you advise a CMO to, to be able to communicate more effectively with, with MOPS? Yeah, um, I think a really good thing for like a CMO to think about or just for MOPS people to kind of think about in general is like, how does this tie to like larger goals? Um, especially if you kind of understand like the company's objectives for a given time um, and make sure that every like ask kind of has some like through lines, whatever it is that, you know, you're working on. Um, yeah. And just make sure it's really clear, like, how is this going to like impact the business? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but you do get like, you know, CMOs telling you, Hey, I'm buying, yeah, CMOs really need to kind of stop, in my opinion, just saying, hey, we got Salesforce and Pardot, you know, we can get a really good discount on it. Uh, you know, I don't want to play favorites here, but Pardot is not my personal favorite tool as far as marketing automation platforms go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think as, you know, lots of CMOs will think like, okay, let's buy something first and then figure out how, how we're going to use it. So. Yeah, definitely a good, good uh, wake up call there. So, so from your perspective, what, what is a good KPI for a MOPS team, right? How, how a MOPS team, you know, what kind of OKRs or metrics or, or NOSAR metrics uh, should, should the team use to, to, to see if they're making progress? Yeah, I think this is probably one of the hardest questions to answer with marketing ops. Uh, I don't have like a magic number that every marketing ops team should kind of strive for. Um, I think that when you're setting goals or like OKRs for a marketing ops team, it's kind of important to have like these longer tail objectives, like, you know, like, oh, like we should really build this like awesome new like program that like would really like help us scale as the company grows. Uh, but you also got to factor in there's going to be a lot of like swim lane kind of work where, mm -hmm. for example, like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe like the marketing team needs to launch this new campaign. Uh, we haven't we didn't really have it on the radar to like a few weeks into the quarter or whatever. So you got to make sure you carve out time to like enable the marketing team while also thinking about these like longer term objectives. So I think a good like marketing ops organization will kind of realize there's going to be a mix of that and kind of factor that into their planning. Do you have any advice in terms of percentages, like for your own time or your team's time, how much do you dedicate to longer term projects versus, you know, this has to be done urgently? Yeah, yeah. So that's, again, where things get tricky. I think I'm sure bigger companies, you could probably have more time for longer term projects because there's more hands to work on everything. Uh, as you know, from Doxen, sometimes I would say more than 50% was kind of dedicated to, you know, swim lane kind of work or sorry, yeah, like ex external, like, you know, non OKR kind of related work. Uh, but obviously, you know, it'll, it'll vary from quarter to quarter. So I think it's really important to like know how to prioritize these asks to say like, okay, like, is a short-term thing going to really like move the needle or is it something we really need to do versus what is this longer term project? What kind of impact is it going to have? This, this sounds to me like learning how to say no sometimes, right? <laughs> most of the times. That is in my opinion, one of the most difficult and also one of the most important skills that a marketing ops person can learn. I like that. That's, that's a good learning. Um, how did you hear from the audience as well? Like, do, do, 
you how, how do you tackle that how do you tackle the the balance between longer term projects versus shorter term deliverables like that need to happen or something breaks i would love to get some some more points of view here um someone gonna throw you a curveball right now like what what is your secret tech stack right of course you have a, a, a you know a marketing automation platform of, of course you have a crm but what what are some of the tools that you think give you or your team a competitive advantage mm. so again i during like every interview I've ever done in my entire life for marketing ops, I always say the same thing. Uh, it 100 varies from company to company. That's they have the like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So obviously, outside of like marketing automation, uh, you know, lean data seems no matter where I've been, you probably need lean data at this point. Um, it's so much easier to use in terms of like routing. Uh, it's you know a lot more scalable, and you can make a lot more like awesome changes with their really good UI. Um, I have a secret secret smaller tool that I learned about a few a few companies ago. Uh, it's called Seventh Sense. It's this really cool uh, algorithmic email delivery tool where essentially you, you give them like a list of people you want to send an email to. You know, kind of base it off of like historic trends of like when did this individual person open email most often when you've like emailed them in the past, and from there I'll kind of predict the best time to send them an email. Um, it was really really powerful when we used it. Interesting, interesting. Um... And, and, and one question, since you recently moved into, into management and now you're, you're, you're managing a team at, at, at Docs and Dropbox, how was your move to management? Like, did you want to do it? Did you, you know, put yourself out there to do it? Did it happen naturally? Yeah, um, it, it was definitely something I very much wanted to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I have, as you know from Docsend, I used to host these uh, webinars for the team, essentially, of like how to use HubSpot better. I, I kind of realized that I really like teaching people how to do things. Um, when I was starting out with marketing ops, there wasn't really like any resources that I had to say like, hey, here's how you like do all these marketing ops kind of tasks. Um, so I realized I kind of wanted to be that like mentor for for somebody and ideally, you know, create a team. So yeah, and obviously like it's very easy to get kind of swamped with marketing ops work. And uh, I think having a second pair of hands is obviously great. So I really wanted to do it. I really have enjoyed kind of like teaching my direct report, the ropes. Uh, shout out to Maggie. I don't know if she's actually on the call, but um, yeah, it's been a really fun experience. And I think the challenge that's kind of come with it is balancing kind of my time to do more strategic kind of planning work, especially as we like integrate more things with Dropbox, which I know I think we're talking about later, but uh, as well as kind of training her uh, to make sure she's, you know, working on interesting things and kind of feels like she's learning a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, j- just a call out to, to Mary Claire, to Marie Claire. Uh, I, I, I love the idea. I love thinking of, of mobs like a, a product feature, like, you know, as a user, what, what are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to do? What is the outcome? What's the time frame? Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Marie Claire. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a great point. Sam, let's let's change gears a little bit and talk about mobs as, as the organization, right? So uh, you know what one of my favorite questions is: Where should mobs report <laughs> a company? Should it be part of marketing? Should it be part of BizOps? Should it be part of RevOps? Right. Um, wh- why don't you try to answer that? But I'm going to push you to, <laughs> to, 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 to 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 pick one specific answer. Yeah, yeah. This is something I, I personally find me changing my mind on pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've been on marketing teams. I've been on ops teams. I've been the marketing and sales ops team at companies. Um, there's not one right answer to this. Mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. generally speaking, what's really important is to make sure like 
if you're in marketing ops, you need to kind of understand how sales ops works, even if it's just like kind of like the basic knowledge of like Salesforce or just like what kind of like processes sales mm -hmm. follows. Um, I do think that generally speaking, uh, marketing ops, if it is under like RevOps, RevOps doesn't always mean, you know, marketing and sales ops. Uh, I think that a lot of the times RevOps is just like a fancy word for sales ops these days. Um, whereas, yeah, I think before when it was becoming more of a buzzword, it was very much like the spirit of like, oh, like all kind of business related ops. Um, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed each kind of like being each kind of like organization for different reasons. Um, and yeah, I think, I think for sure, obviously like the business needs to decide, but there also really needs to be that close working relationship between marketing ops, sales ops, and whatever other like ops, you know, customer success, customer support ops would fall under there. Mm -hmm. But, but do you feel that, that, you know, if MOPS is not under marketing and it's not aligned, let's say, with the OKRs of a marketing team has its own OKRs like that? I mean, and, and, and there is value to that, right? Sometimes gets, you know, further away from the priorities of the marketing team. Like, so, because a marketing organization may have a, a, a pretty big priorities, pretty big projects or, or outcomes they want to get to that break down into different pieces. And obviously MOPS is, is a big component of those initiatives. Do you feel by not having mobs under marketing, sometimes the, the 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 priority or the focus on those on those initiatives gets lost? Yeah, I mean, I think again, this depends. Like you said, uh, what the marketing ops org is like. Um, I think that really ops in general, like the customers for the ops team, essentially, instead of obviously being the actual customers, they're people within the business who have these priorities. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. You know, similarly to how a business needs to make sure their customers happy, I think any good ops team also needs to make sure their customers, as in like the internal stakeholders, that they're happy. And I think if they're not doing that, that's another sign that maybe MOPS or whatever ops team you're, you're talking to, maybe they're not doing a good job. Got it. Got it. Um, do, do you feel the skills for, for MOPS professionals are, are, are changing? Do you feel MOPS professionals getting more technical, less technical, a mix of the both? closer to data. I think data is another big element. You know, how comfortable should we feel with data? Is SQL a prerequisite to being mobs nowadays? Yeah. Um, I think that if there was a skill I could have learned early in my career, SQL definitely would have been one of them. Uh, I think it's becoming very, very important to kind of know a little bit of that, a little bit of SQL and a little bit of technical skills. I think at this point, data is like a must for any ops person in general. Uh, understanding like how to report on successes or, you know, how to like help the marketing team shift their strategy if something's not actually working. Um, so yes, I think data and technical skills are with every passing game becoming more important. Uh, if you haven't learned in SQL, it's super easy. I would recommend taking some sort of like SQL bootcamp. Uh, I think I did a like general assembly a few years ago. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but you're advocating that there is a, I mean, b b based on our conversation so far, there's soft skills that you need to have, like when to say no and when to challenge and, as Marie Claire said, like, what are you trying to achieve with that? And also some hard skills like like SQL or, or, or having some some closer proximity to data. Yeah, I, I think the marketing ops is this really interesting blend of like understanding kind of like the business itself, as well as obviously specific teams that you're supporting, as well as those hard skills. Uh, and then, like you said, also it makes the soft skills to say like, oh, like I need to, you know, have all these competing priorities come in and I need to figure out which ones are the most urgent, which ones are the most important. I think it's definitely really, it takes, a, it takes a specific kind of crazy person, I'd say, to uh, be a good marketing ops person, kind of like balance all of that. All, all those different skill sets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but listen, also, I, you know, marketing ops really is, is, you know, probably the importance of marketing ops for the modern marketing organization 
is definitely going up. So you're absolutely right in maybe the skill set or the backgrounds need to be a little more complex than, you know, because a few years ago, it could have been like, you know, just make sure that Marketo is up and running or, or make sure that we have those integrations, nothing breaks. Like it, it used to be like a service desk versus something more strategic, like, like what we're describing, like where does the business want to go? Why do we need to go personalize? What data do we have? What tech do we have uh, to be able to move faster? So it's, it's, it's going to be a lot around the dossier. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about Doxen that um, our, our joint pastor and, you know, um, let's talk about Doxen as an example of a, of a company that did really, really, really well, really, really successful PLG motion. Uh, during our time there and, and and kudos to everyone by the way at, at, at docs and who, who who were part of that journey um let, let's talk about the role of marketing operations in in a in a plg company right uh, like like docs and what was your biggest challenge you know seeing a company with thousands of users the, the idea was to get users into into the product and then you know nurture them and and at docs and we, we had two funnels the self-serve and the sales assist funnel what was your biggest challenge running Mops at Doxen? Yeah. Um, so as you remember, uh, when when I started at Doxen, there was no HubSpot, there was no you know any sort of like marketing automation platform. There was a bunch of tools that were kind of just not really connected to each other super well. There wasn't really much knowledge within the product that kind of went into marketing. So really, the first step was just getting that data into HubSpot, which you had obviously got for Doxen, um, which was great. I had a big fan of HubSpot. Also a big fan of Marketo since I know people people will get spicy if I don't mention that as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was phase one. It was like, let's see what we can get in HubSpot. Uh, we set up a very basic integration with our product and engineering team, kind of capture like sign up data within HubSpot. Uh, as you know, we scaled the mar as you scaled the marketing team, and like obviously I worked with all these stakeholders from the marketing team. It became very clear that like just having the sign up data that was nowhere near enough data for us to actually like make act actionable insights uh, mm -hmm. within what we were getting out of our out of our marketing. Um, so from there, obviously, it, it kind of became a journey of working super closely with the docs and product and engineering team, and then uh, building the super, super robust uh, integration that we still use today and have got a lot of benefits out of. You, you also mentioned like, you know, centralizing use of, of HubSpot and, and bringing a lot of data into HubSpot. Can you talk a little bit about the, the webinars, the internal webinars that you mentioned to educate the team? Because there was a lot of data, there was a lot of things we could do with the data. Um, and, and I think you played a pivotal role in, in enabling the team to use uh, our marketing automation tool more and more. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I will sing a lot of praises about HubSpot for is I think at any org I've ever been to, the most like marketing automation adoption has ever been with HubSpot. I think their UI is, is great. Um, I think it's pretty easy to understand no matter if you have any sort of marketing ops experience or not, coding experience or not, it seems generally people can pick it up pretty well. Um, as you know, I was a marketing ops team of one for you know a while at Docsend for sure. So I think for me, it became really, really important to kind of enable the team as much as possible. Um, so yeah, that's where things like you said, these webinars, like teaching people how to like do more intricate stuff with email or like play around with landing pages in a way that maybe wasn't so obvious or even understand a lot of like the data we were getting both from like attribution or from like the product and kind of like how to report on all that data. I think that became like fundamentally crucial for basically everyone on the marketing team. Um, 
And yeah, I was really impressed with how quickly people picked it up. And that was one of the more rewarding experiences, I would say, uh, that I had in the earlier days of Dachshund. Yeah. And, and in fact, we have one of the, 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 the champions of what you did at, at Dachshund here, Alessandra, who was, uh, who was our leader of our uh, partners at Dachshund. And uh, I think you guys partnered and did something, something great and at, at, at scale that we, we were not expecting at the point. Um, Jack, talk a little bit about about how you integrated the the, the channel motion with Alessandra into um, you, you, you know using marketing ops. I mean, hopefully Alessandra's blushing on the uh, the other end of her laptop right now. But yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to. Uh, so yeah, when we started, I think Alex at first you were kind of running partnerships, and by running I mean you know you sort of managed a couple partners, and then obviously Alessandra joined shortly after I did, and she had these awesome ideas for a really great channel partner program where essentially uh, Docsend would work with VCs to offer their portfolio companies a really great discount off of Docsend. So at first, obviously, we didn't have this awesome product integration between HubSpot and uh, our product. So basically, we would have this really, like, really janky, like they fill out a form, Zapier would kind of collect some data out of Intercom, mm -hmm. which is where a lot of our product data lives. Uh, we would kind of send that back to HubSpot and then from there we'd make like a more or less manual choice of like, are we going to send this person the code or not? Um, so obviously as kind of Alessandra and I worked more and more together, we realized there was a lot of ways to automate this uh, very thoroughly. So first we did some basic stuff like we had some very basic prospecting fields that would determine, we decided, okay, yeah, this is good enough to like give them a discount code or like, okay, no, we need to review this one further. Um, from there, obviously, once we had the product like directly integrated with HubSpot, we were able to see things like what kind of subscription were they already on or like had they been a customer before? And then from there, things kind of just became insanely, insanely, insanely scalable. And we went from zero partners to now more than 700 in less than two years. And it's running super, super smoothly um, alongside with some of the other Docsend projects. It's been one of the more successful projects I've ever directly worked on. So big shout out to uh, Alessandra. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and it is the case that if, if you hadn't spent time with, with Alexandra, the, the two leaders working on that to, to operationalize right those, uh, those, those workflows and those, those tracks at the very early on, then in my experience or, or my view is that it would have been very hard to scale as we were adding as Alessandra was adding hundreds and hundreds of partners. Yeah, we definitely would not have 700 partners right now, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Um, what are you the most proud of the work that, that you did at Docsend? I mean, you mentioned this project, but what, what else? And again, maybe in the light of a PLG, right? Because it was a very specific, you know, uh, motion at, at Docsend, like we're talking about thousands of users, like a lot of product events, a lot of integrations, yeah. as you mentioned, like, you know, um, what are you most proud of? So, I mean, it, it basically has to be this uh, product integration between HubSpot and Docsend. Um, that was definitely one of the more, so I, obviously a lot of this like depended very much on the Docsend product and engineering team. I give them an insane amount of credit, but yeah, we had a very complicated kind of use case we had to solve for, which was this feature of Docsend called uh, external collaborators. So with Google, I'm sure people know with like Chrome and Gmail, you can switch between kind of users and technically it's still you but you can have multiple accounts attached to one user. So you can imagine how one email of Docsend could really be attached to like several different kinds mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, actual Docsend accounts. So solving for that in our marketing automation in HubSpot was, was very difficult. 
um, engineering and I worked together to kind of say like, okay, we'll aggregate essentially one email address, kind of figure out what details of these different accounts they have, put that in a bunch of different um, fields within obviously HubSpot. And then from there, we can segment our database based on, you know, these different kinds of attributes they have, how many accounts they have. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a super, super complicated thing to solve for. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great to see that essentially uh, they were able to help me solve for that as well as do the com complex coding that actually went into all of this. Um, and yeah, after we figured that part out, it came down to like figuring out what data we needed from the products, which obviously involved a lot of working with you, a lot of working with our VP of sales, uh, as well as kind of the rest of the marketing team to say like, what is it that we ultimately want to get out of this product or project? So essentially, yeah, we, we kind of narrowed it down to say like, we need a subscription data. Like did someone become a DocSign customer? What kind of plans are they actually on since we have five different plans? And obviously with this external collaborators feature, they could have multiple kind of mm -hmm. thing, multiple kind of profiles within each of these different plans. Uh, rare, but it's definitely something that, that does happen, still happens today. So once we figured all that out, we wanted to know like what kind of role do they have within each of these plans? So our, our solution there is like choose the highest level of plan or the highest level of role from each of these different plan breakdowns essentially. And that'll be the data that shows up in HubSpot. And the next piece of that is understanding what kind of events have they actually done within the product? Because obviously mm -hmm. with PLG, you want to make sure people are using all the awesome things that we're building in the product. Um, so that came, came down to HubSpot has this really cool event stream you can plug into. So the engineering team helped me create a bunch of events. Uh, and then every time someone does X, Y, and Z for us, like a big thing is like uploaded a document or generated a view on one of these documents they have. For example, we have hundreds of these fields that we can kind of look at. It creates an event in HubSpot. That you can kind of see in this like sequential stream in HubSpot of when do they do this? Like in what order did it happen? Uh, I set up these like date stamp fields as well. So you can see the first time they did something, the last time they did something, counter fields. So you can see like, what is the actual count of these activities? Um, and yeah, it was the super, super intricate integration. And it obviously has like monumentally shifted the way Doxon has been able to do marketing. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned hundreds of fields. Can you share how many <laughs> fields you created in HubSpot to? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, scared to get, I'm scared to get an exact count, but for the events fields, at least specifically, uh, that's a separate object from the contacts, which that's another scary object to look at. Uh, there are definitely at least like 150. Probably, probably close to 200. For product events, yeah. And, and, and can you share a, a little bit what um, what outcomes, what workflows, what benefits the marketing team uh, was able to get to by having all that, you know, thermographic, marketing data, and product data now into, into a single marketing automation platform? Yeah. So some of the awesome things, obviously, Alessandra's channel partner program, how smart that has become. That was a big, that was a great outcome for us. Um, some other really exciting things are we could filter our database much more easily based on who is an active customer, who wasn't an active customer, if they had a specific role within a given plan. Um, that definitely ha has helped make things a lot faster instead of pulling data out of intercom, throwing it back in HubSpot, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but yeah, I would say some specific things are we were able to develop this very robust onboarding and as we call it, transboarding to try to get people to shift from one use case to another these really intricate email nurture streams uh, to kind of get people more engaged in the products. And now based on this integration we had with all those events, we can say, did they actually use this feature within DocSend? And then send them emails kind of predictively saying like, oh, like they've used this, maybe we should try to get them on this more advanced feature now that they're kind of scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. um, which yeah, that's led to some awesome results. If, if she's on the call, Jenny Miller is our growth marketer who is the brains behind a lot of the operation. I just helped her with all the details of it. 
Um, and yeah, we I was also able to set up some very custom NPS kind of automation within a combination of HubSpot and Salesforce where we would programmatically see like, are they an active customer? Did they like churn, then re-engage? And then every 180 days kind of send them a, a request for a, a new NPS response to kind of track customer engagement and happiness. Got it. Um, Plenty of other examples, but those are some big ones I can think of off the top. Of and, and I think they're great. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier on about like actionability, data actionability, right? So we have the data, but by by investing in, in that integration in particular, like you enabled, you know, uh, operations and automations that we wouldn't have been able to uh, to do otherwise. Again, based on data, um, which I think I think was was from my perspective was was amazing. Yeah. And the other thing that was worth mentioning here is, like you said, with people actually becoming engaged, the marketing team becoming engaged with using HubSpot, uh, it became, I think, a lot easier for people on the team to just say, I want to figure out like which amount of like users are a customer of this plan and have like done this activity, for example. They could kind of pull that list themselves or like add it to HubSpot's reporting feature. And yeah, it was really awesome to like enable that kind of data exploration that uh, was a little more difficult uh, with our actual BI tool um, because not everyone there knew SQL. So yeah, it was really cool to see kind of people able to like do a little self-serve kind of analytics when they wanted to do some data exploration. Got it, got it. Can, can you talk a little bit um, about, I think one of the, the strategic initiatives at, at, at Matkudu, I'm, I'm sorry, at, at DocSend uh, was around, you know, personalizing um, experiences, right? And you talked about the, the onboarding tracks, right? That were personalized or the transporting tracks. Um, can you explain a little bit the role of marketing ops in, in, in personalizing the experience uh, for, for docs and users? Yeah. Um, so again, this, this again boils down to a lot of uh, stuff that I worked on with the growth team. Uh, Jenny Miller, shout out again. Um, we had this really awesome secret weapon called Mutiny that was able to very, very deeply kind of personalize a website experience for users. Um, that was integrated with a tool called Clearbit Reveal, which essentially would take like anonymous IP data. And then let's say, for example, we can tell they are in, you know, XYZ industry, we can give them like XYZ messaging on the website or kind of like direct them to a different CTA. Uh, Mutiny also had this really cool functionality where it could plug into Salesforce. So we could, again, ship data from HubSpot to Salesforce to Mutiny and then personalize it and say, okay, this is an existing customer. Let's see if we can like kind of message them towards maybe they want an upgrade or, you know, kind of guide them towards specific features maybe to highlight on the page. Um, and obviously from there, that, that all cascades down into the kind of like email communications we could send them. Uh, how can we segment our database to send, you know, various communications from HubSpot based on the things they've already done or maybe they haven't done yet. Uh, that transporting, you know, moving from one use case to another mm -hmm. action that we were mentioning earlier. So it was a personalized journey even before they signed up when they hit the right. website as anonymous traffic, you know, through the trial, through the, the, the paid journey and across different use cases and, and, and expansions. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what, what, I mean, first of all, congratulations. I mean, these are, I think, you know, components that, that contributed to, to Doxen's uh, success in the market and, and, and the acquisition by Dropbox was, was a wonderful outcome, I think, for both companies. Um, let's talk a little bit what happens in acquisition, right? What, what happens to the, the tech, the data, the, the operations? Um, 
what is the role right now of, of, of marketing ops, docs and marketing ops or docs and inherited marketing ops uh, to be able to unlock synergies with the Dropbox team, right? What is, how would you describe that in terms of, of, of top line synergies? Yeah, so there's there's a few different areas where kind of, uh, you know, looking at it from a marketing ops perspective, at least. Uh, the first one is pretty simple. Uh, it's what kind of can we do in tandem with Dropbox to kind of drive business from Dropbox to Dachshund or vice versa. Um, so there were a lot of different experiments we tried. I think that kind of a big piece of that was understanding the different components, you know, the marketing tech that, uh, for example, Dropbox sent a bunch of different trials to Dachshund uh, in an effort to see if there was any synergy there. Um, knowing how to, a like first and foremost, how to be able to track that uh, within the marketing you know, automation platform HubSpot for us, as well as kind of understanding like what they did and, you know, create a more tailored experience for them as those new trials kind of came into the system. That was obviously a big, a big project that marketing ops was involved on to make sure that uh, A, we could like track all of this and B, we could understand like the results of what happened uh, with this experimentation. Um, another big piece of that is kind of around reporting. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, you know, obviously Dropbox, or any company acquiring another company, they have uh, their way of reporting on things and the, the company mm -hmm. being acquired will have their way of reporting on things. I think it's kind of important to understand what each other is looking at and then from there, figure out where you can kind of report on common denominators or like common key performance indicators for each business and kind of like align on those things moving forward. Um, that's a journey that's still definitely happening, but I think we're, we're starting to get pretty close, which is awesome mm -hmm. uh, to really understand like what impact marketing is having. And then obviously the third piece is seeing where strategically, you know, uh, you can move on to the same tech stack or maybe like maybe the acquiring company has a really great piece of tech or maybe you have a really great piece of tech, uh, kind of figuring out who should be on what and then seeing where those opportunities lie to kind of like accelerate the other company or just, you know, enable more revenue just in general. Got it. Got it. And, you know, you, you, you guys, of course, are using MadKudu, right? So when you talk about users across the platform, MadKudu is, I think, you know, the, the, the platform to, to identify ICPs and see if there's a good fit, whether it's, it's like thermographic fit or technographic fit or whether it's behavioral fit with, with, with docs. And so um, you can figure out what, what, what is the overlap of, of, of potential synergies, correct? Yeah, um, MadCube has definitely been a tool we've benefited a lot from. Uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely helped. I think actually it was a very key component as we initially kind of sourced, like what are the kind of like overlap customers between Docs and, and uh, Dropbox? And then from there, we kind of like assigned, we used our MadCube fit score, uh, which for anyone's customer, they'll, they'll know a little bit about that, uh, to kind of identify like who was likely from these different Dropbox experiments to try to see like who is most likely to actually convert to a customer. Yeah. As we yeah. yeah. Awesome. You, I mean, again, I want to turn, turn to the audience. Like if, if you have been through an acquisition or, or an M&A transaction, it'll be very interesting to, to get your point of view, like how things work out. Um, you know, there, there's always, you know, a, a lot of synergy and, and there's a lot of, I think, I think a huge workload, if, 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 if I may be honest, for the marketing ops team to bring those things together, right? All the way from, uh, you mentioned uncover synergies, reporting, and, and potentially, you know, tech stack consolidation. Uh, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Like how decisions are being made and, and how much more work or less work there is, right? Until you get to a, uh, to a common tech stack. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, the acquisition is part of what helped me get to build out a marketing ops team just because the work skyrocketed, I would say, honestly, at that point. Um, now, you know, there's all of a sudden there's the day-to-day docs and like marketing needs uh, as well as, you know, more strategic kind of initiatives. And then on top of that is obviously new asks that are coming from, in this case, Dropbox to kind of figure out what is it that we need to do to uh, align the two companies as much as possible. So I think what's really important is to, again, this is, this is where I kind of mentioned earlier, a soft skill is like understand the business that a marketing ops team is supporting. It's really important to know both by data as well as kind of like historical knowledge, like what has worked at a given company and kind of make sure that as we begin integrating things or like trying to align on certain metrics, it's really important to make sure that a marketing ops person speaks up as much as possible and says, this is crucial to kind of keep it this way. If not, we need to have a plan in place to kind of make sure we can address this if uh, we change the way we're doing it. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's where things really become important to learn to say no sometimes, as well as to kind of give suggestions for alternative ways to do things. Got it, got it. And uh, Meg is, is volunteering a suggestion here. Historical knowledge is crucial. And I think that that's true in every acquisition. Like you bring some historical knowledge that the acquirer or the, or the other party has their own historical knowledge. So how do you bring them together? Like, why are things the way they are, right? Versus, you know, let, let's change them, like, without understanding them. Uh, is there anything you would have done differently in, in, in the last, what has it been now, almost a year? Yeah, yeah. Um, one, one very large project that we recently, you know, kind of worked through was integrating a bunch of different, all three sales forces. There's DocSense, there's Dropboxes, and another company owned... Uh, by HelloSign, uh, which sorry, Dropbox owns. And I think that there were a lot of opportunities where maybe more historical knowledge could have been placed in. Maybe marketing ops could have stepped in a little bit more and kind of like got more involved. Um, I think obviously there were definitely some speed bumps that could have ident- been identified earlier, but I think it was a really good learning experience because as we integrate more tools kind of within Dropbox, uh, you know, there were a lot of, there were a lot of areas where now like I kind of know what to look out for as well as the marketing ops team knows what mm-hmm. to look out for. And yeah, I think just generally speaking, again, like I said, knowing when to say no or to give different you know, alternative suggestions of how maybe we could do things instead. Uh, and just really defending that, like how Dachshund or a company being acquired has done things in the past, really make sure that's understood before we kind of move forward with a big integration project like taking, that. Taking action, yeah. Yeah. How, how has your experience been um, interacting with 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 the with the Dropbox mobs team right because it's a very talented team right you, you guys can learn from each other right you you you're you're, you're now part of, of one team right uh, one company what what processes have you built what kind of, of joint learnings and, and interactions have you built uh, post acquisition yeah that's actually been a really great experience um, they have a really really great marketing ops team like you said over at Dropbox so it's been nice to kind of learn how they do things and kind of like see where we do things a little bit differently. Um, again, like I said, this is the first large company that I've worked at. So there's, you know, there's obviously different ways of doing things at a company with, you know, a lot of like historical knowledge or a lot of like best practices that maybe you wouldn't be exposed to at a startup. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting to kind of see how they, you know, run things over there as well as kind of see the different ways that again, the marketing ops team, much bigger team than the Dachshund team. It's kind of structured and like different ways, different swim lanes that they'll have. Um, it's been rewarding in some ways to know that we're not super far off uh, from what we were doing at Dachshund. But at the same time, it's been really great to kind of like learn from them, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and and Angela actually made it made a great point. I would like to bring it up that you know I think she she hit the nail on the head that not only are you involved in the discovery, planning, execution of the the integration or the consolidation, but also you, you need to be running the docs and business right. You know yep. the docs and still bring revenue right uh, customers. So it is it is uh, it is definitely a bigger workload right. Oh, totally agreed. And I, awesome. I also do agree with the learn and be smarter part, like I just said. Always, all, always and forever. Any any questions from the audience? Anything that we didn't touch as we talked uh, a, a little bit about the, the role of MOPS, um, MOPS organization, and then uh, MOPS in a PLG company, and then what, what happens in, in, in acquisition or transaction? Uh, anything we should, we should ask some here? I see some questions coming in while they're coming in. What, what gets you excited today? What is your, your, your exciting project today? Yeah. Uh, I'd say there's a few things. Um, first and foremost, I, as a relatively new manager, I think the biggest and most exciting thing in my life right now is kind of working with her, you know, uh, helping her kind of learn more about marketing ops in general and yeah, just kind of like figuring out from from there like what awesome ideas she has to kind of improve things that i did kind of in a vacuum by myself over the last two years um so that's been great uh outside of that there's a lot of cool projects coming up um we're working closely with a few marketing team a few members or a few different like pillars of the marketing team at docsend to really hone in on ways we can uh, create way 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 more exciting like dashboards that will give us really interesting like attribution and kind of revenue-based insights that we mm -hmm. didn't really have the opportunity to do before just because of a lack of lack of bandwidth for better for lack of a better word on my end um and yeah we're really we're also upping our uh documentation game not not the sexiest project but i think that that's at least from my from my personal history one of the things that is the hardest to stay on top of is just making sure there's like a lot of really thorough documentation so that you know, people that are new to the team they can more easily pick things up without you personally needing to devote a lot of training time to them um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, yeah, just generally kind of sharing knowledge, I would say. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up documentation because I think from, from all the most, you know, leaders I've worked with, I think you documentation for you and enablement for the rest of the team has been always top of mind, right? From, from documenting different fields to the webinars to, to enable the, the broader marketing organization to having actually in in app help for our for our key you know our crm you know salesforce hubspot you know other tools you have totally been in the in, in the forefront of that and and you feel it's paying off yeah um that's another mop secret weapon actually that i could have mentioned earlier there's a there's a tool called specket uh everyone should check them out for sure it it's mostly geared towards Salesforce. That's their bread and butter. But what they have are these really cool kind of icons you can hover over within a, a given product, product you're using. For example, like you can set it to show up in HubSpot, where if you have documentation for a certain part of HubSpot uh, or Marketo or whatever, uh, it'll att automatically attach itself to like a given field. Someone can hover over it, immediately see what that means, like where data is updated from, uh, and any other like details you feel like documenting. Um, it's kind of become our, I guess, our marketing uh, data or our marketing documentation repository. Um, this is again where I want to shout out my direct report, Maggie. She's been doing a lot of work to kind of expand stuff that I personally haven't had time to document. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think we're at, at forty-five minutes. Are there any other questions, or we uh, should we should we wrap up? And, and by the way, this is 
this is amazing information for me hearing, you know, what happens after the acquisition. I mean, this is a very interesting time and, and especially for marketing ops or, or a rev ops team uh, going through an acquisition and, and how you're handling it and, and the insights, uh, super powerful um, and, and, and really great stuff. Unless there are any questions, uh, we will uh, wrap it up here at, at 45 minutes. Uh, make sure to sign up for next week's episode with Vish Gupta, who's a marketing ops manager at Databricks. That's going to be another great, great session. Um, Sam, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Uh, great insights. Um, I advise the audience to connect to Sam and, and continue the, the conversation uh, offline or, or asynchronously. Uh, what, what you probably don't know is that, that Sam... No, is not only a great, you know, mobs leader, but he's also a great person to hang out with. Uh, super pleasant, super fun. Um, he lives in San Francisco, so um, yeah. Sammy, it was it was a pleasure having you here. Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, thanks for having me on. This has been super fun. Awesome, thank you. Thanks everyone for uh, for being here. Uh, and again, don't forget to sign up for next week's uh, episode. Thank you.